0: Welcome to Just Dads Reading Books, a podcast about judging your kids for what they read. This is produced by Matt Martins and E.J. Sanders. Music by Russian Baths. It feels like it's been a while. Feels like hey EJ, I'm here. Hey, I'm Matt and I'm here with my friend EJ, and it feels like it's
1: been a while. It's been a minute or two, Matthew.
0: Yeah. So not for you, listener. I mean, who knows? Maybe that maybe there's another week where Matt forgot to upload the show. That that could always happen. That's always possible. Uh, you know,
1: I wasn't gonna say anything about
0: that. <laughs> that happened weeks ago for everybody else, but for me, it was it was last week. Whoopsie doodle. Uh, listen, uh, I love this show. And I'm also stupid, so there it is. <laughs> Some, sometimes the show's late, uh, but yeah. boy, today I'm I'm stoked though because we get to return to another one of our sort of ongoing series. We have multiple; we're juggling a lot of balls on the just yes. yeah, Dream lots Books, of balls being radio jailed. hour, radio mm-hmm. half hour, as it were. Uh, and today, <laughs> yeah, we're back with Lemony Snicket's a series of unfortunate events. This is one of the only ones where we're taking like longer, you know, young reader books, but we're just like, yeah, let's burn through them though. I feel like that yeah. maybe we're doing them a, a slight disservice, but it's also because you and I just really want to get to the later stuff as fast as possible. Oh, it's yeah. like for us to do six episodes covering everything we've covered so far no, when like no. this again, if you didn't listen to our our first episode about it, let me second, like we both grew up with the series, like we know this stuff. We've watched the movie, we've watched the series, yeah. like we we're invested we're, in this one. We're experts.
1: <laughs> we're experts, is what Matt's trying to say. Like, if you were to like download any uh, podcast about like *Lemony Snicket*, I think you could find that we know what we're talking about. I would say, especially me. you. I
0: think I think you've dug. It. I mean, I, I've, I I can't call myself an expert because I've never actually finished the whole series. I I stopped at eleven, oh, which yeah, is the yeah. thing I'm most excited for is to actually get through the rest of it. But today we are talking about book four, *The Miserable Mill*. Book five, *The Austere Academy* and book mm-hmm. six, The Erzatz Elevator. Uh, this wraps up... EJ, you just called it uh, something before we started recording. This is a thing yeah. that wraps up essentially the Guardian arc, as you called it, the Guardian arc of Lemony sticket's Series of Unfortunate Events. Will you explain what that means?
1: <laughs> yeah, so there's a... So it's a 13-book series. Essentially how these... There's a formula right, yeah, right. to these first six books. And, and especially these first six books, which is... Children leave their prior place, right? Yep. Arrive at new place. Yep. New person to take care of them. Right. Hijinks ensue. <laughs> Somebody dies. <laughs> right. They leave again. Yeah. And so there's like there's this kind of repetition to it, right? Yeah. You, after a while, like and I think this is where kind of maybe the austere academy academy and the miserable mill suffer a little bit, mm. which we'll get into, but it really, it starts to get a little bit, uh, what do you call it, formulaic. It gets a yep. little bit, you know, all right, we've seen this before. But, you know, Violet's got to solve a problem by right, right. by fixing something. Klaus has got to solve a problem by reading some random pamphlet on the ground. Yeah. You know, Sonny's gonna. Sonny's
0: got a bite.
1: <laughs> Sonny's got a sword fight with her teeth, which we'll get to, which is ins- insane. Insane. But, yeah, so... Essentially, by the end of the ersatz elevator, we have, yeah. um, the children are kind of end up because I already know what happens, but the children s- cease to go to guardians anymore. Right. Right. And it, and it, and it turns into the, what I would call the, the on the run, yeah. Uh, You know, this is this is (laughs) the the Baudelaire kids are
0: on the Mm -hmm. lam from here on out. Yeah, uh, if anything, you could argue the seventh book fits into that, but the the seventh one is like an incredibly different environment that they're in, and it's also Mm -hmm. where I would say the like capital P plot of the series takes off. All of this stuff is uh, setting up what the rest of the series is going to be about. It's laying a lot of really fun frameworks for characters Mm -hmm. that are from here on out going to start recurring i mean the rest of the books will have you know a new character or two maybe per book but starting at the end of this like starting with book six and stuff from then on out it's a lot of and that's the cast right and let's see how they intertwine with each other now Mm -hmm. yeah
1: yeah well i would say i will say the there is finally some setup yeah but it doesn't come until the Austere Academy. Right. The Austere Academy has the first setup for the rest of the series, which yep. is the V F D. Revelation. It's our right. first mention of yep. V F D. Comes near the end of Book Five. Right. I mean, it's it's like it's like the last chapter whenever they're like, hey, you know, like the Quagmires are getting abducted, mm-hmm. and they're like, hey, mm-hmm. we gotta, yeah, 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 we, we have a thing for you, and they like <laughs> shout VFD at them, but that's like all we get. That's right? all we know. Like that's, that's a teaser get, of the bigger mm, plot
0: is is right. tossed into this for
1: sure, right? And that's when so the Ursatz elevator has this air of mystery and this meta plot finally yeah. attached to it. Mm-hmm. But I want to go back. Let's let's start with the miserable mill, right. Um, because that's where this episode should start. Um,
0: (laughs) One the book, one listener, I think described as their least favorite, the one that feels the strangest, most out of place. Uh, we, we, we we had someone responding recently to your sunny Baudelaire problem and said, miserable mill is perhaps the like worst offender. (laughs) Yes.
1: And you know what? They're right. Uh, fun fact about the miserable mill does not solve the sunny Baudelaire problem. Um, I think the biggest... Thing with this book. So essentially, what happens is the Baudelaires get sent to a mill, yeah. And at this mill, they they are tasked to work by a guy who's basically Mister Sir from Holes, <laughs> right? Um, you know, <laughs> I think his sir. name is Sir. Yeah. Is. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah, his name is Sir. <laughs> so he's he is just like this guy who is all about business, all about productions, pays his people in coupons. Right. Uh, there's some very funny um, anti-capitalist rhetoric in this <laughs> one, uh, which is fun for me because it's right. just like. It's just like kind of out of left field, yeah. but it's very funny. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, yeah, and and you know, like the children are like, "How can you pay somebody in coupons if they don't have any money to spend <laughs> on the coupon?" Right? Like it's it's right. very very funny. Right? It's um, good. I, I. But this is the most absurd plot. Essentially, yeah. what happens is there's like hypnosis in this one. Mm-hmm. Uh, Klaus gets hypnotized. And is like forced to like do some bidding for like one of the henchmen that's yeah. like disguised as the foreman or whatever. Right. Um, Violet and Sonny that and this goes back to my problem. And it's not necessarily Sonny, Sonny Baudelaire being the problem, it's really just a three children problem. Yeah, but yeah, right. Sonny gets gets the shaft most of the time, yeah, because there's a lot of scenes where it's just like, how, right. how, how, yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> how at one point, uh, in the austere academy. Uh, just jumping forward, Sonny Baudelaire is crawling around the track yep. that Count Olaf is having them run. And Sonny can't move fast. Yeah. Like It's, it's, it's like brought up yeah. that Sonny cannot move fast. And I'm just like, how does Sonny Baudelaire get anywhere in the world <laughs> is all I want to know. <laughs> They don't ever say that they like. Sometimes it'll be like, "Oh, they pick her up," but then sometimes yeah. it's just like Sonny's following and them, and I'm like, walking, "How? Out, How right. does an infant child end up following two grown children? <laughs> like, are they walking at a snail's pace so, and
0: often running, often like getting right, away running, from something? Running away, <laughs> Matt, Running away. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I think what's hilarious about this book is what you establish as the Sonny Baudelaire problem is like. There's these three characters. We don't always have time for one of them, and it's we always don't. Sunny that's just sort of around, but and this one uh, is it, more than the Let me stick it is like I got something for Sunny to do. It just doesn't make any sense and is like becoming fantasy now. We'll just have her sharpen her teeth and eat salt like eat wood, chop wood with her teeth yeah. and then get in a sword fight and yeah, it's like this this one turns Sunny into like this wild fantastical creature.
1: Right. I commend I will commend Lemony Snicket for what he's done with Sonny in both books four and five, mm-hmm. um because in book five, Sonny is also like tasked with being an administrative yeah. assistant. Yeah, he turns Sonny is...
0: into a comedic exactly. character. The other so, two are solving problems, and Sonny's doing hilarious stuff. <laughs> yes,
1: thank you. And it's it's so, ah, you know, when we read the first three books, I I expressed to you, I was like, this is a problem. They don't like. Sonny doesn't do anything. And I think it's just so funny that it is almost like Lemony Snicket like heard that criticism at the time and was just like let me create let me create problems yeah it's like for Maggie Sunny Simpson
0: it's like Maggie Simpson yeah seasons yes! of the Simpson is like yeah and there they have a baby yes. and then later Maggie Simpson is like a
1: detective
0: and like <laughs> a murderer and like it gets really wild that's that I mean they're they're very similar characters honestly
1: uh, in miserable mill count Olaf is like hardly in this one uh, right um, right is in it for like turns a out the mill two. is enough to be problems right for these kids right yeah well yeah it turns out child labor is kind of like a large enough problem to navigate for Sonny Baudelaire and co. Right. So yeah. So Count Olaf like appears in like the ninth chapter of this uh-huh. book is like the secretary to this like eye doctor named Dr. Orwell who's yeah. like hypnotizing Klaus. Right. Um, Not a very good disguise. A pretty obvious one. Mm-hmm. Um, I I just my my biggest I want to say this is where my gripe with like Count Olaf's disguises start. Yeah. Um, my biggest gripe with it, I think, is just how Lemony Snicket actually approaches that, which is he never calls him Count Olaf when he's in disguise. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I'm just like, no, we know you can that trick that's yourself Count Olaf. Them. Yeah. Right, yeah. right, right. Like it's like but like it's so obvious by like book six that it's just like, no, this is Count Olaf. Yeah, like right. we've we've acknowledged it. He's already Count Olaf's acknowledged it. Yeah. Like there's a lot of Count Olaf already acknowledging that his disguise is trash. Right like before it even starts. Well, this is the so one where
0: he's he's a woman, a but mm-hmm, he's got his surely. beard, he's got his ridiculous uh yeah. eyebrow, all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Like it it's the one where even as a kid, I was like, "Okay, is every Rolling adult eyes, in the yeah. world so stupid that they can't yeah. see this guy?" Like it was getting frustrating at this point that it's it, it felt the, the whole series is about like darkness and bad things happening, but it, it felt like in this one, we were getting to this point where it's like, we can't keep doing campy. this. It's, it's campy. campy. It's, it's, yeah. which is why, again, I'm glad that gets wrapped up after a couple more of these books to wear for a lot of the There's rest no of the disguise, Yeah. O- Olaf's just doing Olaf's thing for a or, long time. You can, I remember as a kid being fascinated with that opening page, you open it up and it shows mm-hmm. uh, the, 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 the kids at the top and Olaf on the bottom. And there's one book where it finally shifts. Every single one is what's Olaf's disguise in this one. That's fun. And then there's one book where like the three kids are in a disguise and Olaf is just Olaf. And you're like, this is going to be a good book. Here we go. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah.
1: Um, I will say uh, too, though, his, his disguise is later on. Yeah. Are way more utilitarian and it right. makes so much more sense. Right. right. Like when it, in the later books, it's just like the kids are on the run and he's actually disguising himself. Yes. To confuse adults, but it's like, he's got them captured yeah. for a lot of those right. like later books, like kind of the capture arc is what I would call it. Yeah. Cause like the running arc really doesn't last as long as you might imagine. Right. Um, but yeah, this, this guardian arc, it's just so it's, it is campy. It's, it's a, and you're right. Like even when I was a kid, I was like rolling my eyes mm-hmm. at Count Olaf just being some person, right? right? And and like Mr. Poe being fooled by it. And I was just like, okay. Yeah.
0: Yeah, the the craziest thing about Miserable Mill, before we kind of get into the others, <laughs> is just to say I would also say Miserable Mill wraps up the um the sort of innocence arc <laughs> yes <laughs> uh, which is to say there's there's death throughout this whole series like this is a dark series there's death the, the, in the first book you know about screen. their parents die off screen you, their their second caretaker in the re- reptile room dies off screen the wide window there's a death off screen but miserable mill we just we just get it full-throated here it is we're going to kill doctor orwell uh in an excruciatingly Gross. violent way
1: <laughs> yeah yeah, it, you know what? It, I'd almost rather there be more details to this. Mm-hmm. Um, it, what's what's so creepy about it, it ends with, Dr. Orwell stepped backwards. She stepped into the path of the whirring saw, and there was a very ghastly accident indeed. And I actually Ooh. think that leaving that to my imagination <laughs> <Yeah>. is worse <laughs> than just being like, and then she fell into a hole. Yeah. Like, like no, we didn't see anything happen, right. right? Like, if he continues after that, it may, may soften the blow. Mm-mm. But, like, instead it's just like, nope. That's there's just, blood everywhere. That's <laughs> just, yeah, that's
0: just good horror writing, right? To just be like, it was yeah. ghastly indeed. Fill in the blanks, you freaks. <laughs>
1: yeah, really, really messed up. So there's that. But right before that, too, Sonny gets into a sword fight yeah. with her teeth. Yep. I cannot express that enough. I, I don't even know how to describe that to you. I'm not sure how Lemony Snicket described it to children. No, it's great.
0: It's great, uh, so. man. It's so good. It's it, you know what it reminds me of. There's a there's a scene in the first Game of Thrones book, Game of uh-huh. Thrones, uh, where Tyrion Lannister, who is a a little person in the series, there is a scene where he is supposed to like essentially do like a trapeze, and he like jumps for no reason. He just like jumps off of a thing and like does a cartwheel and all this stuff. And it was, like, never really addressed to George R. R. Martin. And then they went to film the show. And Peter Dinklage was like, yeah, that's impossible. That's not how my bones work. (laughs) But sorry to tell you, but this is, like, completely fictional wild magic stuff you've you've decided to write and george had to like go on record being like i don't even know why it's in there like i don't know why he needed to do that (laughs) so if there's ever a reprint i think they should just cut that out and maybe maybe we can adapt i don't know actually though in this in this book though it's hilarious i'm gonna defend i'm gonna defend the the sunny's uh teeth fight Uh, i i think that's cool
1: (laughs) well it does at least at the very least the teeth fight Set you up for the absurdity that is uh, yes. going forward, right, 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 right. Yeah, can we right. talk
0: about book five because that's where yeah. it gets great, where, where the absurdities are. Really yeah, go So it's also where um, I think the plot really picks up, even though we're still in Guardian Arc. We get we start yeah. getting we we get a proper non-traditional guardian here uh w- while also being the most realistic which is hilarious uh the idea that, like oh, we've yeah, had all these random that's... just like guardians so far one of them is just like a boss who's too busy so they're actually being run by the boss's assistant or whatever but in this one right. it's like oh wait they could go to just like an orphanage like it could just be a, it could go or a school yeah, you know, they could, school. Have. <laughs> they could <do> that those <laughs> exist actually we have an answer right. for where kids go uh and so they go here and they meet uh some critically important characters for the series which are the quagmire triplets triplets which is two kids and uh another dark off-page death is their their brother quigley is no longer with them but um this is the one where i just really feel like it feels like the plot is starting to present itself uh even if it's not like the whole time it's still a lot of the same sort of like there's a mystery there's count Olaf. let's figure out how to stop him and all that but it feels like it's it's loosely hinting at the bigger picture throughout. Right.
1: Yeah, this is the one where, um, yeah, like I said at the very end of the book, the Quagmires are really excellent tertiary characters, mm-hmm. really excellent supporting cast characters yeah. to the Baudelaire's because we finally have some other empathetic figures Yeah. Uh, versus the other books where the empathetic figures are mostly adults. That are stupid. <laughs> if there are any at all. Right, <laughs> right exactly. Right. It's like... Uh, book one is like Justice Strauss. It's like, yeah. you know, th- people like that who are just like kind of completely aloof yep. to what's going on in their situation, right? And it kind of, these books do do the thing where it's like, you know, people don't listen to children yeah. maybe as much as they should, right? right? And, uh, but they finally meet some really, uh, savvy, uh, you know, other orphans as well. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, they, they go on a, a quick adventure. It's really about trying to, um, they all pretend like they're fooled by Cal Olaf in right, this one. Right. Um, Coach Genghis is his name, which is <laughs> <laughs> its own whole thing. It's kind, it's kind of its all own whole thing. He's hiding his eyebrow with a turban that he's yeah. not wrapped like a turban. It's like, I think at the end of the book, they're like, yeah, he just kind of wrapped it like a towel. Yeah, like, yeah, right. Like, like you would when you get out of the shower. So it's just like, there's some really weird stuff going on with that but <laughs> yeah I, this is the first book where now like we're starting to get some traction with what vfd is at least mm-hmm. there's a seed planted right, right? the book right. is still kind of about the, it still goes through the formula of guardian bad yeah, kids trouble right count off there, count off escape yeah Kids still bad. <laughs> so, right. <laughs> but but now kids still bad with VFD. With, and that's with a all they hint have.
0: at some right. sort of bigger mystery that Right. Uh, of
1: something that they need to solve or figure out. Right. Which Matt, do you think it's how telegraphed do you think that this larger plot kind of is at this point?
0: I mean, I feel like it is because I mean, don't there are some other clues within this, isn't there, where they like they're learning about the quagmires past a little bit Mm -hmm. and they're learning about, I don't think they get some of their own past in this one, if I recall, but it, it, to me, it feels like you get a sense of at the very least, like a bigger picture. Um, so I don't know. It's probably looser than I'm giving it credit for, but, uh, I just feel like I remember and maybe it's like to, to your point, maybe it's just because there are other empathetic characters where, Mm -hmm. They they rip them away from us at the end, but what yes. what what I recall feeling, the first time I read this book was, we're gonna be with these other kids. Like this isn't a one book thing. These these the, the yes. triplets themselves felt it's like, like
1: finally characters other than the henchman and yes. Count Olaf carrying over exactly. Like, so if if anything,
0: while we don't have like a, a semblance of the broader mystery and the broader plot, we feel like okay, it's not gonna be so. Um, you know, serialized now. It's not going to be right. so staggered. We have some characters that are going to return because in the end, they are they get captured by Olaf. I think that's the biggest thing. They get captured. We have a new mission now. It's not just, oh, yep. just keep escaping Olaf. Oh, there now he is again. Now they want to find Now it's Olaf. a thing. Yeah, now yeah. it's a thing to now do. Now we
1: want to find him and we want to find our friends.
0: Right, and, and I think so, that yeah. really pushes us in a new direction for the series, and that's why it starts to feel a lot more... Um, I don't know, cohesive, because it's like, actually, now our characters are doing something intentional rather than defensive.
1: Also, the Guardian in this one is a guy named Nero, who is just named after the awful Roman (laughs) (laughs) emperor Nero, which is, I believe, probably acts in a similar way. Uh, (laughs) uh, Just a terrible, horrible, horrible person. Um, Love this guy, though. Actually, one of my favorite Guardians in the Guardian arc is this guy who's this... Truly terrible person who employs Sonny to be his administrative assistant, (laughs) um, which is hilarious. She has to, like, get up at, like, 6 in the morning Uh and and crawl to the administrative building. And then there's, like, a punishment for children being in the administrative building. But she has to be there to work. And so, like, the punishment is she can't, like, eat with silverware at at lunch. But Sonny's like, no, that's totally fine because I don't anyways. I do my own thing. (laughs) So it's, it's, yeah, this, it's just this this is the comedy wild, book. It's the comedy yes. book for Sunny,
0: and it's it yes. is it's where things get good with her. Where I, it just even feels like uh, like we were addressing earlier, Lemony didn't maybe even know what he himself he wanted to do with right. Sunny, and then this book he's like, no, I figured it out. I I teased it in Miserable Mill, but now we know Sunny gets to do completely wild stuff.
1: What What's crazy is is I I think he takes his foot off the gas on this a little yeah. bit as we go because and we kind of see it a little bit in Ursat's elevator like sunny does become a little bit more utilitarian yeah. and a little bit more realistic right uh, oh i know i say that yeah and then and then she climbs an elevator shaft with her with teeth with her teeth exactly she's a grappling <laughs> hook sort of or like
0: <laughs> a god. like an ice pick
1: <laughs> <laughs> god she just Picks her way up That's <laughs> incredible yeah. uh but yeah in this one uh this one's fun i think that Aust- austere academy won me back over yes um, exactly in terms of of kind of like okay we're back on track this we now have something to look forward to yeah i think it was the first book whenever i was younger that i was like okay like i can see where this is going now when i when i was younger too basically all the books had been released yeah I right. think except for like the last two maybe. Right. When I started reading them, I think there were eleven books and the twelfth one had come out like my seventh grade year or something mm-hmm. and then the last one came out maybe my eighth or ninth grade year, which right. is probably a little past my reading le- or a little under my reading level right. at that but point. But you're hooked. But, now you're in. Right. But <laughs> it's like I gotta well, I gotta finish a series yeah. I started when I was younger, right? Like right. so but, but yeah, I think this one was like, this was a real make or break, I think, for the series. Yeah. I think that if this book isn't, you know, good or doesn't leave something to be desired like it does, Yeah. I don't know how much more I read, which is right. really sad because... The next Ur-Sats one
0: rules! Baby. Holy cow. <laughs> and you know what? Honestly, the more we're talking about it, the more ersatz is so good also because of this getting set up like the idea what's hilarious about ersatz elevator is the kids are in their best possible well yes (laughs) uh but they're in their best possible circumstances they their their guardian this time their final proper one person guardian is this like rich guy who lives in a really nice penthouse and it's just convenient because the the setting where the kids would now be the most comfortable They have a mission statement. And so they're like, we don't even, we don't need to be here. We got stuff to do. We got to go find the quagmires. We are just trying to get out of here. And it's like a perfect, uh, setup for that kind of environment where it's like, if you hadn't had book five set up the new mystery so well, it would have been harder to make this one make sense of why they care to change anything up. They're in a good situation for the most part in this book but they don't that's not what they even need anymore they no longer need comfort they have to solve the mystery now
1: it's a really really good subversion of what we've been doing yeah that's that's i wanted to start by saying that the first five books like i had said do the same thing yeah but what's so great about Ursat's elevator is they now have basically everything they could want right and they're still not happy. Right. They're unsatisfied in their quest for what they need. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. And I think that this this calls out such a such a potent point when it comes to children and raising children mm-hmm. and how you know we can meet certain needs, but not always meet all of their needs, right? Like right. If, if we're not raising healthy children, right? Like if right. children are in an unhealthy situation, that can look So like so many different things. Yeah. So they live in this massive penthouse. They have all the food they could want, which was a scarcity in the last like two books. Right. Like literally like miserable mill and austere Academy like eating was they're denied kind food of <laughs> pretty yeah, regularly. Yeah. yeah. Eating was kind of, is kind of, you know, maybe a little bit of uh, <laughs> a little bit of a crime. Mm-hmm. What, what's going on. Right. Right. Uh, <laughs> but uh, now they like, they have everything they could want. And I just really love the setup of this book being like this, this penthouse with these two people, Jerome and uh, Esme, Esme yeah. who are husband and wife. But really, you can just tell that Jerome is like the one who wants kids, and right. Esme is like, "Oh well, orphans are like in, so right. like I'm down to have orphans." But just a just a really good setup for for what comes later, man.
0: I I love the part of this one where so uh, uh, Olaf introduces himself uh, in this one Gunther. as Gunther, and Gunther. it's just got the good Please. bit where Klaus <laughs> ma- maybe the only uh, I mean none of none of the like protestations from the kids and then being ignored by adults it's never believable but this one jerome's just like hey kids don't be racist quit being racist against (laughs) gunther (laughs) and i just think that's really good like that's a good way to hand wave some kids uh so you know kudos to this one of having like maybe the the more believable like listen i'm dismissing you out of hand because uh you're just being weird about this uh this i don't know indiscriminate Foreign guy. I don't know if he's yeah. established. He's just Gunther. Yeah,
1: I I kind of read him as like a Russian guy, yeah, yeah. maybe like a like an Eastern European sort Some, of dude, something like but that. But like it's Count Olaf, right? Like mm-hmm. he's like he's clearly a white guy, right? Uh, <laughs>
0: but it. also in this one, we get uh, Esme uh, gets revealed Esme. essentially as a another bigger henchman. a bigger bigger deal henchman and a, and a partner of Olaf, and mm-hmm. really further cements. The bigger kind of picture at play here uh, that the, the idea that I mean, we, we are trying to solve a lot of VFD mystery in this. Like we are, yep. we are literally on the hunt for VFD clues. But like it kind of gets revealed that like there are people pulling the strings about where the Baudelaire's show like end up right that we, we are now getting evidence that like they're being sent to places because there's some sort of organization controlling where they're allowed to go, which is why they're always within Olaf's grasp. And it's just what the first five books was setting up is just this like really wacky sort of, oh, who knows, it's inexplicable. And oh, I can't, be- can you believe this keeps happening and it's never yeah, addressed? Yeah. This book is like, actually, that all of that was, that tracks. Like there's there's something going on yep. and it just justifies the first four or five books.
1: So first off, I want to just say that ersatz is a great word. And it is used a lot in this in this book. Uh Um, I really love how, um, let me snicket. We talked about his language a lot. We talk about it a lot Mm -hmm. uh, in terms of like how he breaks things down for kids to read. Yeah, right. Like in terms of just being like, hey, this is what this word means, and then trying to use it later on. Right. Um, and just the fact that like at the beginning they're just describing things as ersatz. Right. Mm -hmm. They're describing things as. Different things is like, oh, it's kind of fake, you know, right? right. Uh, which is kind of what Ursats means, right? And then for the elevator shaft at the top to yeah. also be fake, <laughs> and then for Jerome at the end to also be a fake guardian, yeah, right? Like, right, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. it just when everything around you turns out to be fake, right? And it's just like, it's such a good, I just want to say, the meta point of, of this book's title is. It's such a good setup. Yeah. Even when it looks good. In this book.
0: Under the surface, it is not good. It is ersatz. It is an ersatz good. Uh, This book also has my most memorable moment of the entire series, which is the part where they fall down the elevator shaft and then just a page of a huge chunk of just black. Like it it (laughs) was like the first time I was like, oh my God. God, they, they never eschewed. seen eschewed, <laughs> I'd never seen, I'd never seen a, like, a book throw out format, you know, I and mean? it's like, now yeah. it's, now it's this, or whatever, and yeah. it was, it's been done in other books, but it was, it oh, yeah. blew my mind as, as a young kid to, to like, have that it's... sort of illustrated narrative interject itself suddenly in the series, just like, and here's, and, and it's, you know, they fall into darkness, and here is a page of darkness to, really drive that point home. I don't know. I I, I just yeah. loved that.
1: Yeah, I uh it's crazy that I forgot that that happened. Uh-huh. You told me about. It. it was like I was like halfway through the book and yeah. I was like you like yeah, is that the one with the two black pages? And I was like <laughs> what? <laughs> like I'm not there yet. I don't yeah. know. Uh but yeah, they get they get shoved down right. this elevator shaft and it's kind of a tense scene mm-hmm. um where Esme pushes them down there. Now, I think Esme knew that there was a net down there mm-hmm. to catch them right. when she pushed them. Um, it doesn't really ever say, but there's a big net that was set up to catch them. Right. So I'd imagine that that's what it was there for. But what we find in that elevator shaft before this is that we find the quagmires. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. Right. we, we, we find
0: We finally get to connect even more dots uh, mm-hmm. because they're back. Uh, and I don't know, like the The reveal of that, because I mean, we knew that Olaf had them uh, this whole time. I mean, we're, right. we're actively and looking well, for and them. Olaf's there. Then right, they've got they should be nearby. But right. I just love the idea that we are our our, um, our hope <laughs> was paid off. Right? Yeah. Uh, from from the fifth book of like, okay, we actually do get this. We get to have recurring good characters that we like that we're friends yep. with, and it like ends this book on such a, a high note where it's like what you get at the end of this one is they don't get to like stay with the quagmires right that they, the, they are still separated but there is a newfounded optimism to the end of this yes. book because you're like listen we found them this time we, we can, can find again. them again which mm-hmm. which gives a drive i think it would be easy to, in those first five books, be like, are we just going to do this forever? Like, are we really just going to have horrible thing happen after? I know it's a series of unfortunate events. I know that's the point. But do I get nothing? <laughs> do I get no? And yeah. this book is the one where it's like, no. We we get to drive Fine. you forward. And right. there is a hope at the end of all of this, even if it's going to remain a sad series, they have some hope to cling on to outside of just, I hope we survive. It's like, no, 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 no. We, we, there's there's something we can be doing.
1: So what happens in this book then is essentially they find that this elevator shaft has a long yep. winding hallway that leads to their house. <laughs> um, uh-oh. Yeah. Are we starting to connect dots? <laughs> uh, you know, like, I, I just really wish I could remember whenever I kind of figured it all out i right, guess right. and maybe there wasn't anything to be figured out here right you know maybe it was always going to be obvious and i'm going to say some spoilers for the series at this point if you're reading along with us so mm-hmm. go ahead and take a second to leave <laughs> <laughs> but i mean count Olaf does all of this right and it's, it's obvious to me now obviously right. as an adult reading this um but i mean you know, I really wish I could remember, you know, this is one of the first, I guess, mystery books yeah. I ever read, right? Right. So I'm really wondering when I caught on to, like, what this bigger mystery was. Mm-hmm. Now, I will say, knowing what VFD is now, like, it's hard to know right? what, if, you know, if I caught on as quickly as as I obviously yeah. would on a second read or right. a third read.
0: Well, and I do think, too, I mean, there's, there's that Netflix series that came out, and I I go back and forth if I think that's like really, really good or just like, oh, it's a pretty good adaptation. They make some of their own weird choices. But I do think on the whole, it benefits the first stuff to introduce the bigger mystery more, which is something the series does in a big way that the, the, the TV series like trickles in that there's that things are connected here. Right. Um, it doesn't just flat out give it to you, but it it shows connections because the first season is like the first 4 books or something like that and yep. and so And in the
1: second season We the don't get the,
0: in the books themselves we don't get this proper mystery I think the series would have maybe had a rough time if they hadn't acted like there was a bigger plot for the entire yeah, you first know, season
1: <laughs> you know what you're right They they do kind of set it up earlier right snicket because snicket is in it to.
0: himself he's like narrating right. and and well, he's on Warburton, the run yeah. yeah exactly warburton's running <laughs> what around a good,
1: what a good casting call. <laughs> better than jude law i think is who they got for the movie yeah yeah
0: but uh they're, they're connecting him to the events that he's telling in a way that even if it's not overtly explaining to you what the mystery is it's alluding to a bigger mystery because in the book you can just be convinced that lemony snicket's just sort of reciting these events but the i think the show is better at describing to you that lemony snicket is investigating these events and there are other people the big the big change is that there are some other characters in the series that are never introduced in the book at least not till like way 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 later or whatever but there's other characters investigating the mystery going on
1: Oh, um, Matt, I, I am a little sad that you've watched the entire series.
0: I haven't. I have not finished it. Oh, oh you haven't finished We're it. about to get to where okay. I stopped. Like, I, I, I stopped okay. halfway through Vile Village. So I'm now from here on out. It's well, no, no, 10 episodes. Not, I'm asking then about the Did
1: you watch the entire. Oh, you didn't watch the TV series.
0: So I did not sorry. watch all the TV series, and I've not finished okay. all the books.
1: Okay, okay, okay. So okay, I've okay, got okay, stuff okay. to
0: do. Okay, for the okay, okay, half. okay.
1: Yeah. All right, all right. Because <laughs> there's some. I'll say this. There's some stuff that happens in the last couple of books. It's right. just like, it's going to blow your mind. Right. So,
0: yeah. Where um, I left off as a kid was that I, and we, I think we talked about this last time, but The Grim Grotto is a thick book that oh, not a lot hard. happens. And it, it <laughs> is hard. a hard one to get past. And that stinks because it's right before the I'm penultimate hoping... and final, you know, book. It, and so I never got to those two, 12 and 13. And then mm-hmm. when the TV series came out, I got through or like halfway through vile village so i haven't watched the the back half
1: of the whole show and i haven't finished the last two books it's a book and you know what? i'm actually looking forward to the grim grotto the most because i want to want that experience to be like fresh yeah right i want to come into it knowing that i had a bad time the first time i read it right i want to come into it being like no i want to try and understand what this book was trying to do for sure um but uh, i want to wrap up with uh, the ersatz elevator a little bit more sure. here um just just want to say like you know they they start solving this mystery right yep. like they start to feel like oh we're gonna get it um one of my favorite plot points in this book is mr poe is at this auction there's a bunch of people at this auction that's uh-huh. happening right like they get set up throughout the book Esme's running this big auction <laughs> there's a lot number 50 and lot number yes. 50 has vfd written on it right. so they're ready for it but lot number forty-seven is a fish statue yeah. of a herring. <laughs> I wonder. <laughs> you know, so it's good. really great as an adult knowing yeah. what these things are. Because right. as a kid, that would have compl- I would have completely blew it. Right? Yeah, right? Why are all these pe- people bidding on a fish statue? Why did the doorman win the fish statue? Yeah. Why is he escorting it so quickly out the doors? Right. You know. It's, it's, it's a really good, uh, clever setup and a very interesting job and in ersats and Ursat's lot. Yeah.
0: <laughs> well, it's hilarious um, too. Cause it's an invert. Like, I mean, the idea is that a red herring should be nothing, yep. but exactly. in this one's instance, it's it everything. The <laughs> <thing>. <laughs> it's the it's thing the they thing. need. It's just yeah. so good. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah. it's really great. Um, <laughs> I'm stoked to continue this because I believe we've agreed from here on out we will probably do it one book at a time. We might, yeah, we
1: might, might combine like seven and
0: eight, right? we We seven might and do eight two. might be a, yeah, depends on how we feel after reading seven. But I don't know a lot. My memory is a lot happens in seven. and seven, I feel like we're gonna need a whole episode for it. and then we'll just definitely yeah. need a whole episode from from then on. But, yeah, I think we just mostly wanted to get through what EJ has now called the Guardian Arc. I think getting yeah. through that quickly. Was like the priority because I feel like the rest of the series is its own distinct thing from that, like from
1: here on out. Yeah, it's it's wild how much these books change. Mm-hmm. Now, I if you haven't read these before and you're or you're a child and want to find a good mystery to read, um, you know, stick with it. You yeah. have to stick with it through the first six books. And right. I'd really say if you can get past book four and five, yeah, you you've c- cleared the hurdle to right. to a really really strong series yeah. from here on in, well so. it's
0: nice that they're so short in the beginning because the game, the books definitely 13 get chapters quite a a bit. Piece. yeah they, the 13 chapters a piece but they're also very quick chapters the later books all uh definitely stretch out quite a bit more so they're they're super fast reads um i mean even if you really just want to get to the meat of it i mean you could just like burn through the TV series the first six episodes and then dive into the books because it's there's enough similarities that you're not going to feel out of place when you when you dive into it but honestly it wouldn't take you that much longer to read the books than you than it would to yeah. watch the show that's the thing is that that's how fast of reads they are so it's like yeah i mean what you're gonna save yourself three hours because the, the oh, show is ooh. long it's like
1: two hours per book yeah, basically so it's crazy yeah they did a full movie for yeah. each book <laughs> yeah. essentially it's yeah. insane it's uh, great. They they really went above and beyond
0: yeah i'm i'm glad the show exists it's kind of great it that just like, needs to exist exactly
1: like that's all i care about exactly. like i don't care how good it is And right. you know what it's honestly fine like right. yeah, i i watched all of it it was fine that's good um, yeah it's it's it's, it's really <laughs> hokey
0: but that's like the yeah. point the books are hokey yeah. uh but the yeah books you a read in your own voice <laughs> yeah exactly uh but man i'm I, I i think it's great and you should check it out it makes God, me I'm wonder so... if i'll care to check out the Percy Jackson Disney Plus series.
1: Mm, yeah, I'll be in, I'll be interested just because we you and me have a We're just, we've we bounced. got a beef with it. Yeah. I think we have a beef with if it. If
0: I can if I can see these characters and hear their voices in maybe. S- in a new context, maybe it'll win me over. Maybe. I don't know. I doubt it. I I don't know. But but we will be continuing this series uh next week we've got a wonderful episode for you because we have I think EJ and I started calling it the season one finale, or is it the season two premiere? I don't remember. We have It's the a,
1: season one finale. It's the
0: season sure. one finale for, for EJ. Uh, we got Sal and Gabby break the universe, and I'm not going to spoil anything, but just know the number of messages I got from EJ during our reading of this book is is unfathomable how ej was just like every day like matt matt it's changing my life matt i don't know what's going on here this is the best book i've ever read so get 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 stoked for next week everybody